Join us, the Mr. and Mrs. Morgan you know, for a new 15-minute weekly recap about the most recent episode of Survivor Season 42. Come on in. We'll appear in your podcast feeds every Wednesday morning, so you're all caught up before the newest episode airs on Wednesday night. Like, subscribe, and share while you outwit, outplay, and outlast. (laughs) Hello, Internet. The Morgan You Know Podcast Network presents Balls and Brew. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us once again for the flagship sports podcast here on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network, Balls and Brew. I am your host, Rod Morgan. Joining me is the executive producer of this podcast, Jimmy Jamriska. Jimmy, hello. Hey, Rod. How's it going? (laughs) I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. And we are excited to hear a voice that we hear every week during the NFL season. But when it is not the NFL season, there are only certain events that bring him back on to the podcast network. And one of them is the NFL draft, which will be happening a few days after this episode drops for the people. It is the man formerly known as the anonymous gambler. He's our guy, the football handicapper, Josh Williams. Josh, hello. The NFL draft is in Vegas this year, boys. Let's go. Why are you not there? That's really the question I just want to start with. Why are you not there? That should be. That should be. Did you know though? This is this is a random fact for anybody that's like going out to Vegas, like that gets there like on Wednesday night. the The Nevada Gaming Commission actually shuts down those uh, those props twenty four hours before the draft. So in Vegas, ironically, you can't even uh, bet on these props twenty four hours prior uh, to the actual draft. You have to get there before, so you have to make plans before. Let Let's get this done, Rod. Let's Let's go next year. Even I was going to say, Vegas. so Jimmy, we have our answer right now as to why Williams is not there for the NFL draft because he can't bet on it <laughs> while it's happening. Hey, that's that's how we do things here. He's uh, through and through betting, gambling, and why go to Vegas to gamble when you can do it right from your own uh, your own home? Absolutely. Well, let me lay out the uh, the game plan here. We are going to touch on the NFL draft up top because you always lead with football. This is America, after all. We are going to debut a new segment that will hold us over here on Balls and Brew for a little while as the NBA playoffs wrap up and as we get closer to football. We're going to debut a new segment. Stay tuned for that. And then we, of course, are going to touch upon my favorite time of the year the nba playoffs as we close out at the end but like i said let's open up with the nfl draft and normally when you're talking nfl draft you're talking about what quarterback is going to be taken number one but this year the hapless jacksonville jaguars they of course have a quarterback i guess that's the one thing that they can say about their franchise so a quarterback's not going number one mr williams tell us who is going number one man it depends on who you ask uh we had this last year we had the the tugging back and forth with the San Francisco GM and the head coach. Remember last year, Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones and uh, uh, Lynch wanted uh, Trey Lance and the GM actually won that debate or that argument. And they ended up taking Trey Lance this year. Sounds like Jacksonville, uh, the GM um, wants Walker, but the owner once Hutchinson, the, the defensive end from, from Michigan, and the coach, the new coach, uh, Doug Peterson, who's like five years removed from winning a Super Bowl in Philadelphia, actually wants an offensive lineman. <laughs> They're just like kicking him down the totem pole. It's like, no, you're like third in line here. So um, it seems like there's a the, – the odds were in favor of Hutchinson uh, early on, 
in the in the draft process. But then in these last like 48 hours, the odds have switched, and now Walker is the betting favorite to go first. So it sounds like Trent Bulky and the GM is getting his way. Maybe maybe that smokescreen. Uh, long answer short, like I don't know who's going number one yet. <laughs> I think it's it's either Hutchinson or Walker. I think. Jimmy Jam, do you think there's a chance we could see a deke here, right? Because if you ask me, I don't know Trevor Lawrence, right? Like, frankly, I would just sure. be intimidated by somebody with hair that much better than mine. I pride myself on having some of the best hair when I step into a room, Jimmy, as you know. No and question. Trevor Lawrence would beat me on that, so I try, I don't want to meet him ever in person. But I would bet he would like an offensive left tackle. And if that's what the head coach wants, I mean, what are we doing here, Jim? Am I wrong? You're kind of in the in – the- Chiefs Eric Fisher realm then when they drafted him really high where he really wasn't the number one pick but he was the number one need that they had and I'm kind of in your in your uh boat here Rod honestly I think Hutchinson's a no-brainer number one I think Trayvon Walker is one of those people who wow he looks great see what happens maybe I, I think that's too much of a risk offensive tackle I, I think Jacksonville would like to actually trade down but they're not going to get any uh, any good deals from that but I would really look hard at an offensive tackle here because you've got to keep him happy and you've got to keep him up because if not you're nothing as you as you've seen. Now, Mr. Williams, I know you're a man that loves the numbers and Walker correct me if don't, don't let me get too far down the path here. He's the Georgia kid, right? Yeah, correct. Bulky's falling in love with him because he's got like yeah, because he has less than ten sacks last year, right, or something like it'd be like the first time somebody with that lowest sacks in his college career was getting drafted that high or something like that, right? Yeah, he's basically falling in love with him for what he did at the combine. Like his arms are freakishly long, but like the production that always works. Not there. Yeah, yeah. Mike Mamula. So. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, and there's a crazy stat where it's like, uh, I believe Hutchinson and Thibodeau. Uh, got pressures. On so he's the other one, right? Let's let's pause for the listeners there. He's Oregon. the third, right? He's maybe the wild card choice that might go up there. Yeah, from Oregon. There's questions about his motor, but but his stats and Hutchinson's stats are pretty similar. Uh, they got to the quarterback uh, 25% of the time um, when they weren't pressured. Uh, the Walker doesn't have good stats at all, and, and they're even worse when you, when you take out the plays where, like, nobody blocks him. <laughs> so uh, he's really got some serious um, lack of numbers there. If you want to take him number one overall, Bulky, uh, the GM, is is just going based on uh, numbers at the combine. Uh, I think he's letting that influence him a little bit too much. I'm I'm with Jimmy. I think I think Hutchinson should go one. If he doesn't go one, I think Detroit and Dan Campbell fly the ticket up there oh absolutely right that's a dan campbell guy right there are you yeah. kidding me plus, I mean, he's gonna be eating kneecaps and elbows and whatever else weirdness dan campbell's got going on up there plus he's the jacksonville the back, jaguars the select trayvon detroit alliance select aiden hutchinson yeah. <laughs> one of those things you know yeah yeah shay yeah he's he's right in his right in the backyard too with 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 the michigan products so but so, all yeah. three of those dns are going like up in the top five right mr williams that's what i'm hearing is happening i mean thibodeau could be could be sliding here because it sounds like uh, it sounds like the Jets and the Giants could possibly take an offensive tackle. Um, Houston, Houston could take an offensive tackle. Also, Houston could take anything. I mean, let's be honest: yeah. the Texans don't really have much of a team at all. Yeah, so uh, it's 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 pretty. The, like the information this year seems like it's uh, it's not as a, as an abundant as it was last year, uh, and that that seems to be going around. It seems like a lot of more people made more bets last year. Um, 
there's, there's there because the lack of quarterbacks in this draft. Look is at kind you. Of, that was where I was going to go next. Yeah, that's where ca- I was going to go next. It's kind of made it tough. It's kind of made it tough with uh, predicting where everybody's going here. Jimmy Jam, let me ask you this: You and I, we were we're we're, we're of the age where and Mr. Williams is right there with us. Don't let me, don't let me exclude him. Where the draft became a thing during our lifetime, right? And in our youngest days, it was always still really about the quarterbacks and the glory boys, and we'd hear about them, and we'd know who the number one pick was going to be, and that carried us through a college football season. And basically, that's almost come true every year in the NFL. Can you remember another year where you or I are sitting here two days ahead of the draft, and we're not talking about who the next glory board quarterback's going to be? Yeah, it's been a long time. You're looking at 2014, uh, somewhere around there, where it just you didn't see anything special. And this is one of those drafts that's really going to be good your your long-term team building, but it's not going to have the flash. You're not going to see the the $600 rookie card of the number 1 pick, you know, something like that. It's uh it, it's going to be it's going to be a, a slow draft. I do think quarterbacks are going to go a little higher than thought, but they're still They always do. They'll certainly yeah. get bumped up there. Yeah. Mr. Williams, now you're the handicapper force here. What do you think? Your your best guess when's the quarterback finally going to go off the board and who's it going to be? Well, I mean, remember last year the Steelers really uh, telegraphed their pick. They were, I think, they were picking twenty fourth last year, and they and they picked Najee Harris, and they pretty much everybody knew what they were picking about two weeks before the draft. I think once again, I think they have telegraphed their pick. I think they want a quarterback. Um, I you think, mean they don't want to go with the biscuit? Yeah. <laughs> How <laughs> we'll dare see. you? We'll see. But they, uh, they're, well, they're, I mean, I guess they'll go with him for a little while, but they don't think he can go the full season. Maybe I mean they're a team that has brought in Malik Willis uh, to to the he's the he's the high he's the high ceiling but maybe even a lower floor guy right and then Pickett the guy out of Pittsburgh is like okay he's gonna have a lower floor because he's solid but maybe he doesn't have a high ceiling is that do I have that about right Yeah I mean I think they're both questionable um, <laughs> Malik Willis has some very not so great uh, stats uh, he I think he played against two. Uh, FBS like Division One teams because he's he plays at Liberty. In those two games, he had zero touchdowns and five picks. Um, he's got some scary inaccuracy numbers. He's super athletic. Wait a um, minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, that was Division Two. Two games against Division Two. No touchdowns and five picks. And this guy might be the first quarterback taken in the NFL draft. I mean, in, in the against, first round against Division One opponents. Oh, okay. Excuse me. All right. That's still yeah, pretty yeah. bad, though. Right. Right. And then and then you got Kenny Pickett, who up until about. You know, a couple days ago, everyone thought Carolina was taking him at number six. I think that's went out the door. Kenny Pickett has ridiculously small hands. <laughs> really? <laughs> and, like, the smallest hands since Michael Vick. Um, Let me ask you this. Yeah, he does he sucked. also smell like cabbage? Is it, that, do, we, do we know? Do we have any confirmation on that? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm what? sure. It's an Austin Powers thing, Jim. Remember Carney? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Like cabbage? I know. I know. <laughs> Somebody can get on that for you, though, I'm sure. Uh, the cabbage man, <laughs> Kenny Pickett. There yeah, we he's, go. He's thirty. He had thirty six fumbles in in college at Pittsburgh. I mean, wow. like the dude has tiny, tiny hands, man. Tiny hands. Now, correct uh, me if I'm wrong. You don't want to have a high number of fumbles, correct? Yeah, that that is correct. Uh, you know who else had a ridiculously small hands coming out was Jared Goff, and it really has not worked out for him in cold weather games. Uh, for golf, he se- he seems to fumble the ball more frequently in cold weather games than than not. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm not thrilled with any of these quarterbacks. I-, I could see I could see all of them dropping. I could see the Steelers taking Willis at 20, and that could possibly possibly be the first quarterback taken. 
wow, we could see one quarterback taken maybe down in the 20s. We could see no running backs taken in the first round of the draft. But I hear wide receiver is deep. So then that must be the position that's going to get picked over hard then. Right, Mr. Williams? Yeah, and, and just for reference, if this was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, Brees Hall, um, the running back uh, from Iowa State, he would he would be a, like a top 10 pick, maybe even a top five pick. He's got awesome measurables, but teams are smartening up now, and they're just not taking uh, running backs in the first round. Uh, as for wide receivers, yeah, this is a pretty stacked class. Uh, maybe not as high end at the top, but it, it's, a, it's a pretty deep class. You can uh, – you can, uh, bet on over five and a half wide receivers going in the first round. That was a pretty safe bet. Uh, the juice has went way up on that. Uh, you could have found that like minus 150 earlier, but now that juice has gone way up. Um, and there, uh, some people even think that the over six and a half is a safe bet. You could get seven or eight teams uh, drafting wide receivers this year. And the reason is, is that uh, they get that fifth year option now for wide receivers um, yeah, I, I mean for for anybody, but it's more important now for wide receivers with how the game that is market, going. Man, that market this offseason has been crazy. Yeah, and like in, just in comparison, uh, uh, the, I mean Jacksonville just blew their load on uh, Christian Kirk, like paying him top top ten uh, wide receiver numbers, or he's not even like a top fifty wide receiver, but they'll have to pay him. And, you know, in his fifth year, they'll have to pay him like over 20 million. Contrast that to what Cincinnati gets. Yes, they hit a home run with Jamar Chase, but in his fifth year, they're paying about half that salary. So when teams think that they can hit on these wide receivers, they, they're going to want to take more of them in the first round so they get that fifth-year cheap option. This so, is another part of the calculus as, as why running backs have fallen out of the first round too, right? Because GMs right. are just saying it's so important the, to have other positions get that fifth year. Right, and and nobody wants to pay a running back, so um, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of good options here at, at wide receiver. You could see six or seven go uh, in the first round. All right. Well, let me let me stay with bets. You had, you said uh, you saw a bet there at six and a half, maybe five and a half. Is it what are you, what are your just best bets? And then I want to talk to you, Bear fans, about what your Bears are going to do. Uh, yeah. I mean. There's also one where uh, I think total safeties over one and a half in the first round is a good bet. You have to pay a lot of juice on it, uh, minus 250. But Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame is almost a for sure like top 16 pick. He'll go in the first half of the first round. And then there's a, another safety, Daxton Hill from Michigan. Uh, if, you, if you don't want to lay that much juice with the total safeties uh, over one and a half, minus 250, you can just bet on him, Daxton Hill, a safety to go in the first round at minus 160. He's from Michigan. He can play inside and out. He's just as good at man as he is at, at zone. He's probably projected to go like between like 27 and 32. But even even if he falls all the way to 32, you know who's picking at 32 with their second pick is Detroit. And Detroit, you know, could, could double up. Maybe they get Hutchinson. Maybe they can double up with two different Michigan guys. You know, Dan Campbell would love that. Uh, they've had, you know, trouble with attendance at uh, uh, Detroit Lions games, go figure. Uh, and, and what better way to, to cure that than to take two Michigan guys in the first round. So I like that bet a lot. Uh, oh, the total safety is over one and a half in the first round. Nice. You got my guy Kyle Hamilton in there, too. I always like seeing Domers go in the first round. That'll be good to see him go. I mean, he's just the prototypical safety these days, right? He can play a little bit of strong, a little bit of free. He can cover guys. He can hit guys. He can blitz. I mean, that's just what you have to have your safeties do these days. Yeah, and and he can go anywhere. I mean, anywhere probably between like 10 and, and 16 or 17. 
for for Hamilton. There was even some talk that he could go, you know, top five there for a while. Uh, I think the offensive tackles uh, are going to push him down, and, and, and the edge rushers, and, and there's a couple of really good corners. Um, so they, they could push him down, but he's still going to be a, a really good player uh, in the pros. Another one that I like, shout out to Chris. He's not on the pod tonight, but I like the Cowboys to take an offensive lineman in the first. Um, they got some he, draft ammo, right? They, they might be yeah. doing some things. They're picking right, right around 24, I believe. And Jerry Jones has said that if there's not a, a C.D. Lamb or Micah Parsons available at 24, which – uh, there won't be. He said. He said we need to take offensive line. We need to get better on the offensive line. So that's really like it's really saying like if there's not a, a crazy guy who falls there to 24, that we're going to take an offensive lineman. Uh, and I believe there's an offensive guard there for Texas A&M that would fit right in. Green, I believe his name is. So you know, uh, there you know Jerry Jones likes to take guys uh, you know from Arkansas where he graduated and also from the state of Texas uh, for the Cowboys. So. I like uh, the Cowboys to take an offensive lineman with their first-round pick. All right, now uh, I know that the Colts do not have a first-round pick, and I, I think they don't have a second-round pick either. Mr. Williams, you might have to help me out on that. The Colts, though, are definitely not going to be involved on Thursday, and are they involved on Friday? They have the 42nd pick. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And then on right. Friday night, they'll be a second-round second and third-round uh, on Friday. Um, but, yeah, they made some news this offseason getting uh, Stephon Gilmore uh, – really good corner so they've, they've made some moves this year they, they definitely have to get some speed on the outside wide receiver speed um, speed i mean come on we got speed when yeah. we got matt ryan right i mean we're just a clearinghouse for old quarterbacks they, that, what says speed more than an old quarterback showing up in indianapolis mr williams you have to, you have to i know and it's going to be tough for him because he's kind of got a noodle arm um so he, i don't know if he how far he can actually throw the ball down the field but he's not going to make the mistakes that wentz is what wentz made so um all right, well, like I said, they're not involved in the first round. A team that yeah. is involved in the first round are your fighting Matt Eberflus led Chicago Bears. You're looking no. for big things out of you're looking for big things out of fields. <laughs> what do you, what do you, what do you guys what do you guys want in the first round? Don't don't give me your don't give me your hat of what you think the Bears are going to do, Williams. Give me your fan hat here first. What do you want the Bears to do? No, they don't have a first round pick. We want a first round pick. That would be <laughs> oh, that's right. You guys had to give it up as part of the Fields deal, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, we'd right. have eight overall otherwise. Listen, Williams, I don't know about you, but we're we're talking a lot of wide receivers here, and I really want to get some offensive linemen. That's my that's my fan hat. That's my head. That's my heart. We still need to get another uh, solid offensive tackle. I would rather go offensive tackle than receiver here with our, with the first pick at, at thirty nine. There's so much receiver depth. I think we can maybe wait on that. What are your thoughts, or am I just crazy? No, I mean I, I they need so much help that I, I wouldn't mind just the best player available. In, in that offensive tackle or uh, offensive line or wide receiver, <laughs> I, I, you know, I just rather them go, be, you know, best, best player available at, at 39. So this is kind of a, more of a flat draft. So uh, they should get some decent value there, but uh, yeah, we'll see. It's tough. It's tough to, uh, to figure out what, what they're going to do at 39. Well, listen, at least the quarterback that you traded the first-round pick for is still on your roster, all right? The Colts gave up a first-round pick for a guy that's no longer on their roster. So, congratulations. Have fun with that, Washington Commanders. All right, you know what we're going to do here? That's all the NFL draft talk we have. But there is another professional sport that I'm told started a little while back. I, It's not just a bit, folks. I am out on baseball 
But I came up with an idea to try to appease the masses, all the folks that are out there in the streets getting after me saying, Rod, when are you going to talk baseball? And I say, I'm not going to. And they tell me, no, you have to talk baseball. So I came up with this brilliant idea. Each episode of Balls and Brew, we will give baseball all that it deserves. Three is such an important number in baseball. There's three strikes. There's three outs in an inning. So why not three minutes of baseball? And this week, three minutes of baseball will be brought to you by Jimmy, Jimmy Jam, Jam Riska, and Mr. Josh, the NFL handicapper, Williams. Take it away, boys. I'll be on the timer. All right, Williams. Of course, uh, MLB started uh, not too long ago, about 17 games into the season right now. I want to go to uh, a little minor league thing, though. They've uh, they've got a pitch clock going, and Williams, as the coach in the minor, uh, as the coach of my uh, eight to ten year old uh, son's team, I will tell you, uh, one of the pitchers on the other team got the ball, held the ball, and counted in his head to about twenty before he pitched every single pitch. Uh, everyone in the stands was feeling it. We're feeling it now with people just taking all their time. But in the minor leagues, it looks like. The pitch clock is actually working. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so they're doing this in the minor leagues. It has actually with the pitch clock has actually shaved off twenty full minutes off game time in the minor That's leagues. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes, we need. More, we definitely need more action. You know, during pitches, that still could be an improvement. But this is this is a good sign for baseball. Definitely a good sign, and maybe maybe it'll make its uh, introduction into MLB 2024. Maybe one we'll minute see. in, you guys already got me semi excited to hear 20 minutes less of a baseball game. I'm excited, but you have two minutes. Okay, yeah. so let, let's move on to speaking of making it a little bit more exciting. Apparently, last year the MLB used two different balls one that was a little heavier, one was a little lighter, one went a little further, one didn't. You know what would be a great time to introduce a ball that flew out of the ballpark quicker? The day after the NFL draft. Maybe this Monday might be a good time to introduce that second ball. What do you think, bud? Yeah, you could be onto something here. Uh, there was a recent report where they interviewed uh, a longtime veteran pitcher that remained anonymous. But he said that it's never been easier to pitch in the major leagues with one of those balls. He said there's there's definitely two balls uh, that are being used right now. So that is, you know, w- we know that we're going to see the ball flying out of the uh, out of the stadium here in the summertime, you know, f- sooner rather than later because you know that, that uh, they're going to want action. They're going to want eyeballs on these uh, on these games. So you could be right, man. After the draft, you could see uh, some more home runs coming. 45 and of, seconds. And, of course, with baseball, we have to b- talk about cheating. Apparently, the Yankees and Red Sox both cheated in 17 and 18. Did not help the Yankees at all. Red Sox won a World Series. Are you shocked that the Red Sox would cheat, Williams? <laughs> no, or, or the Yankees or the Astros. Correct. No. Yeah. No. It was a, Evidently, it's a different type of cheating. It wasn't as bad as oh, the Astros. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So, let me get on the soapbox for just, what, we got like 20 seconds here. Yeah. I'm going to call out Dave Roberts for what he did about three weeks ago. Absolutely ridiculous. Pulling Clayton Kershaw after seven perfect innings, not no hit innings, seven perfect innings in Minnesota after only 80 pitches. Come on, dude. There's only been 23 perfect games in the history of baseball. They've been playing since 18-whatever, 42 you, you cannot pull him after seven innings and 80 pitches. You cannot do it. And, yeah, well, he's, you know, you know, and dude, he's the only one. He's the only his one. His arm has ever, fallen off every year for the past three years, and you're going to leave him in there. Great, he, great call. 
Now, he's the only one, Dave Roberts is the only one who's done this ever in the history of baseball, and he's done it twice. He, all right, he, all right, there you go. Done. We're out. He pulled Get out of here. Wait, you're out. Listen, you got extra innings, all right? See, just like baseball, right? The first baseball segment we debut on this on this show, it goes extra innings. That's the problem with baseball is it always goes too long. He pulled Rich Hill in 2016. You're out. No, you're perfect. Out. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mr. Williams, we loved hearing from you again, my friend, but you will be going into hibernation. We're not going to hear from you again for a little while. Maybe we'll do a, maybe we'll do a camp check-in if another big trade or something happens to go down. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll hit the Williams bat signal, but other than that, my friend, we'll, uh, we'll we'll you'll be off for a little while. Do you have any last words for the people before you go into hibernation? All right, you got to bring me back on if Dave Roberts pulls another perfect game after seven <laughs> innings. I'm going to I'm going to lose my crap. That sounds good. Listen, th- th- Jimmy might need some help with these baseball three minutes because, as you guys saw, you know, what I mean, I just all I was doing was keeping time there. So maybe, maybe you have to come back and help out with one of those. We appreciate you jumping on. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Jimmy Jam on the other side here of a little bit of a break. Maybe we'll get the. It's been a while since we've dropped it for the people. Maybe we'll get a little bit of old NBA on NBC theme here for a couple of seconds, and then we'll talk uh, NBA playoff wrap up. What do you think? <laughs> All right, we are back. It is time to recap the NBA playoffs. And, Jimmy, I think we got to start in one place because faithful listeners <laughs> of Balls and Brew have probably been anticipating this segment right now. I promised in our group thread text message the other day that if the Celtics closed out the Nets on Monday nights that I would dance all over their graves on Tuesday. So I'm about to do that. But I'm going to let you get the first bite at the apple here, Jim, because everybody knows I got a bunch to say. Your thoughts after that Boston-Brooklyn, what felt like an Eastern Conference final series, but it was just the first round. So this means that Boston is for real because you do not win all four of those games how they won those four games and not be a real contender for the championship. Uh, that ball goes... Either way, you know, there's one-tenth of a second left less on the clock in the first game. This could be a seven-game series. The way that Boston finished it out was amazing. Good for them. Love the fact that Boston won. Uh, they're going to be a heck of a matchup for the, the, the Bucks in the, next, uh, in the next series. So I think that's going to be fantastic. Um, I love it. I'm going to give you all the Nets hate to start off with because you know, I'm a huge Kyrie guy. I, you know, I celebrate his entire collection. So <laughs> I... I uh, Oh, I don't. No, I don't. He doesn't have a collection. He's only played 100 games in three years. So, uh, Rod, what do you think about the Nets, and uh, how happy were you that Kyrie, uh, well, it happened that way? Well, listen, I'm going to get to Kyrie because he, he of course, is just the gift that keeps on giving with his post-game comments that's just are even more ridiculous than some of the other comments he's made, yep. including telling us that the earth is flat. But here's where I'm going to start, Jim, all right? The winner is all of us who love the game of basketball and basketball itself, okay? Because the thing that was never talked about this entire year, uh, vaccine requirements be damned, mental health be damned, a guy (laughs) quitting on his team and forcing out a trade be damned, the new Jersey, now Brooklyn Nets were playing with the basketball gods by essentially saying playing together does not matter. Practicing does not matter. Playing regular season games does not matter. That narrative was forced down our throats all year long. Oh, Kevin Durant can just drop 60. Kyrie's one of the most gifted offensive scorers in the world. Ideally, theoretically, the Ben Simmons that we have on paper can help this team. But here's the problem. 
Ben Simmons only exists on paper. He doesn't actually play basketball any longer. He just does a fashion show on the sidelines and continues to float the idea of a phantom back injury or maybe, heaven forbid, a mental health problem, which I don't want to diminish, but the mental health problem to the best we can tell because Ben Simmons has not done an extensive sit-down interview about it is he does not want to be booed for failing at his job, which I'm sure stinks, but I'm fairly certain he knew that was part of the deal when he signed up to be a professional athlete, okay? So I am just happy for the game of basketball that we can say goodbye to all of that for a little while, or oh, no, we can't, because immediately following this series, all of the basketball podcasts that I know and love spent 45 minutes talking about the Brooklyn Nets offseason already. No one wants to give any credit to the Boston Celtics other than the co-host of this podcast who unfortunately could not join us this evening but Jimmy Chris was on here in our basketball playoff preview telling everyone the Celtics were going to do just this wasn't he yeah and he called it and and he he was right he was right more right than a lot of the uh the people you see on TV and other podcasts because they are a team they were they hit they hit their stride they had the opportunity Rod and this is this is something that you hit on they had the opportunity to have a bad part of the season, to work through that part, to work through the kinks, to figure out, oh, Marcus Smart, you actually do need to be our point guard. That's the point guard we were looking for. We had him all the time. We just had him out of position. So they had the opportunity to do that as a team and then to ascend to where they are now, whereas the Nets never had that opportunity because no one played except for Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? And let's talk, let's talk coaching here real quick as well because I love dancing all over the Nets' grave because I can't stand Kyrie and I can't stand Ben Simmons. And I used to love Kevin Durant, but he's just gotten pricklier and pricklier over the years and he just is harder and harder to like. But I've always loved Steve Nash. So who becomes the scapegoat in this series now? Oh, of course it's Steve Nash. Steve Nash didn't coach these guys right. You have to be absolutely kidding me thinking that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are listening to anybody. This is another part of why the Celtics have made it. Ime Udoka was on the ropes at the beginning of this year. Everybody was questioning why he was openly blasting the Celtics every chance that he got. What was he doing? He was getting buy-in from these guys. He was getting respect from these guys. He was staying true to what he wanted them to do and wasn't lying to them about anything. And they came around and bought in and became tough and showed a defensive system that he taught to them. The Nets didn't listen to Kyrie Irving, no, to Steve Nash for anything. And they didn't, they didn't hold Kyrie Irving accountable. That's the problem I have with this, okay? Kyrie, you want to talk about how the Nets had trouble because they didn't have the chance to gel? But you say that off in the ether like somehow that's not your fault, my man. You could have been wholly responsible for this team being able to play a lot of games together. But you want to talk about this nebulous other stuff and how this is just basketball. And can we focus on basketball? I'm here to talk about basketball. And I'm the voice for the voiceless. All of that stuff's garbage, man. You're accountable to your teammates and to the people that pay you a huge salary. And you said no thanks to all of them. And then at the end of the year had the nerve to say you are coming back and you and the general manager and Kevin Durant and the owner are going to sit down and figure out the future of the Brooklyn Nets. Jimmy, have you ever heard any more selfish, unaware talk in your entire life? Every, every other time Kyrie talks, honestly, yes. And it's ridiculous. If I am the owner of the Nets, how are you paying him this money? He doesn't play. Even if he is you know, able to play, he's been hurt so much. You're telling me, Rod, right now, you would pay Kyrie Irving. The what? Who would you pay, Kyrie Irving or Zach Levine? 
Who would you want Zach on your Levine. team? Zach Levine. I mean, like it, if we're it, just doing it in not a vacuum. Not even close. Yeah. 50 but million here's the problem. You take one of them. Here's Zach the problem. Levine. It's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's the problem, Jim. That's all the leverage Kyrie needs. Apparently, Kevin Durant doesn't want to be separated from his buddy, and that's all the leverage Kyrie needs. Well, then, you know what, Kevin? You're going to be the one who's going to be upset a lot because your teammates hurt, uh, and you're not going to win because you're making poor decisions. And you know what? If that makes him happy, that's fine. He's got his two rings, but I, I don't understand. Like, a as a coworker, if I have a friend uh, at my job, and my friend consistent, consistently lets me down. Might still be my friend, but I'm not going to want to work with him anymore. Yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I could go on and on about the Nets, and I got a little yelly there, and I apologize, but I think I have a couple of good points, and that's the last time I'm going to talk about them. Balls and Brew is going to move on from the New Jersey Nets. We are going to touch on the Celtics and the Bucks. Jimmy, I know you're a bit of a Bulls fan at heart, but come yeah. on. That yeah. series is over. What are, what are your early thoughts on Celts Bucks? I mean, we're going to see another epic battle of gladiators, just like we did the last series, aren't we? Marcus Martin, Grayson Allen, it's going to be fantastic going back and forth. I think there there's <laughs> could be some broken bones, there could be some blood. Uh, it, it depends on how Middleton's doing as well. I love Giannis just to see what he can do against those two wings. Listen, I think the Celtics are poised, though. I really think they are. You can you can see a little bit of. You know, the Bulls just aren't playing very well right now. They haven't been playing well for the past couple of months. So you can see a couple of uh, of things about the Bucks that could be exploited. So I, I think the Celtics have a good shot of uh, winning this in five or six. I, I'll say this much, all right, because everybody on this podcast knows how much I love Giannis, and clearly I'm, I'm in the bag for the Celtics. But I think that it's safe to say whoever wins this series is probably going on to represent the East in the finals. I mean, you know, the 76ers, if they get past Toronto, which I'm not so sure they will. Dude, are Miami, they going to give up a 3-0 lead? Are they going to lose after being up 3-0? Doc Rivers again? It certainly does seem that way. I mean, the guy has a reputation for a reason. I hate doing it because in the NBA, so much of the job is is uh, stroking egos, and Doc Rivers is clearly good at that. But, man, when it comes to X's and O's, it doesn't work out so well for Doc. And let's not forget, though, my guy, the big man, Joel, who I, I've resigned is not going to win the MVP. But I'd say that torn ligament in his hand is going to have something to do with it. Yeah, I I think they're going to get through it, but... I'm a little nervous about Joel moving forward, though. That that could be tough. That's what I mean. Even if they do get past Toronto, they're not beating Miami with him banged up. Yeah, and then Miami just, as we're recording this, Miami won. So they, they beat the Hawks uh, by three. It was pretty close today. So they won that series four to one. So Miami's going to have at least a couple of days more rest, too. So look for Lowry to get a little bit better and, and Butler and uh, all those guys out of bio. So basically what we're saying, Jimmy, is it's still Thunderdome in the Eastern Conference. Is basically oh, it's, a, what we're it's saying. awesome. It's been a great playoff so far. I really enjoyed it. Well, let's go out west here real quick before we uh, wrap up. There's another game going on right now that I, I believe I said was going to be one of the best series of the first round, and we, we're it's seeing it right now. Yeah, it's I mean, great. What's, do, you like, do you like seeing the young guys get up and down the court like that, Jimmy? Yes, I do. I like, I like going up and down. I like really physical basketball, I think that, or, uh, and, and speed basketball. I think it's going to be an interesting uh, – if this when the with the the winner of this plays the winner of the sun uh actually no they don't a anyway if the if the winner of this eventually gets to play the suns that's going to be kind of interesting to see if the suns can handle it because i don't know if they can we got a lot of young deep teams here i've loved seeing the grizzlies and timberwolves play i have but i haven't enjoyed the ref show which we have unfortunately yeah, been subject ridiculous. to yeah it's ridiculous i just don't understand why you have to make things so difficult you know what NBA? I think Chris Paul. Chris Paul got really mad the other day. Shocking, I know. In a game, Chris right. Paul got mad. 
gave his opinion. But he's like, which NBA are we playing in? Are we playing in the in the playoff NBA where you can be a little bit more physical, or are we not playing in the playoff NBA? You got to let me know. I just I just really do wonder sometimes, do these guys get in their head? Because it's human nature, right? They're going to be like, all right, you guys think you're going to take this game away from me. I'm going to show you that, it, that I'm still under control here, right? And I just like, you've got to resist that impulse if you're an NBA official because, Jim, you're absolutely right. This is the showcase. This is the great time. This is when people, unlike our guy Josh Williams, who's not on right now to defend his honor, but I'm going to call him out right here anyway. He's got three TVs at home, Jimmy. Yes. He's got three TVs at home to watch sports. Okay, It's opening yeah. weekend of the NBA playoffs. What has he got on the two main TVs? He's got Cubs, and he's got the USFL, and the NBA gets designated to his third TV. Right, So this is the time of the year that we do not need the ref show. We need it to be out front and trying to bring in the casual viewers. Well, I mean, give him a little credit. He did. He did have like four parlays going in that Birmingham game. So that, that's, that's true. So yeah, it's it's been a terrific series. And if you're not a fan of the NBA, I, I'm sorry, you're missing a lot of really good basketball uh, and really good storylines too. You know, in the West as well, the Mavs and the Jazz. The Jazz are kind of imploding before our eyes, and yeah. w- you could see both Gobert and Mitchell traded next year. And They're going to be a race to get out the door. Because- They're going to be a race to get out the door. You could see a whole new Jazz team next year, which isn't good for Jazz fans. No, but you know what? Utah, they're a pretty good organization, right? They've had a couple different iterations. They'll probably figure it out within a couple of years. But uh, I think you're right. I think there's going to be a house cleaning there. I think you're absolutely right about Phoenix. I mean, I don't believe that the Pelicans are going to be an 8 oh, over a 1 here, even man. with Devin Booker being out. Yeah, I, I love that Pelicans team, though. They're so much fun. You know, if they had, like, a big power guy – that could get rebounds and maybe uh, maybe a little ball handling for him. They could be unstoppable. I really wish they could maybe do that. Are you sure though? I mean, we just talk, we just talked a little bit about the Nets, right? Like, I mean, honestly, I know what you're saying there, Jim. Yeah. I'm sort of with yeah, you, yeah. but I mean, but might he upset the apple cart at this point, right? I mean, Brandon Ingram scored over 30 every playoff game. This team is CJ McCollum's team right now. You know, what I mean, if Zion comes in and he's trying to be point Zion again, who knows if the Pelicans we've seen that have been tough in these last three games would be the same. So Hot Rod is saying trade Zion. That's what you're Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. You know what, though? I'm telling you. Why not, Jim? Why not? Have you seen the size? Again, I don't like to body shame here, but have you seen the size of this man on the playoffs? I mean, let's not. I mean, he's already had some bad wheels. Trade the guy while he's still got a little bit of value because clearly the team they have on the floor right now minus him is pretty good. They are. They could get a lot for him. Uh, it, it, it'd be tough to write that check. We're going to have a, you know, a kind of a, a post-mortem to the season, I'm sure, this summer. And – we're going to have to talk a lot about who are we writing checks to and who are we not. And I think they're all going to get the money, but I just don't see how you would do that. Yeah. I'm with you, but I just, I think that new Orleans, they even have some, they even have, they still got some Lakers picks coming up and we know that the Lakers have been a complete freak show and we don't know what they're going to be like. So I just think that new Orleans has a lot of stuff on their plate and it'd be great if Zion Williams comes back and he wants to be motivated and he wants to be part of that team, but he's not really shown that he's been a real uh, pro team culture guy. He's been a real pro me culture guy, right? Making himself the corporation like so many in the NBA these days. So it's just going to be interesting, but Jimmy, let's borrow a little something from our wrestling show here at the end if somehow zion williamson had a theme music and all of a sudden that kicked on before the pregame oh. intro of game seven and somehow jim ross was announcing that oh my god it's zion zion williamson's coming out of the tunnel i mean that would just be great wouldn't it i watched a little uh little old school honky tonk man uh ultimate warrior SummerSlam. if you haven't watched that youtube but where honky tonk man's the intercontinental champion it's a mystery opponent coming out and he says i don't care bring anybody out here and all of a sudden the warrior, do, 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 do. That, that music hits, place erupts, comes out. Oh, dude, what if, what if the, what if the arena goes black, Rod? 
and yeah, all of a incredible. sudden on the big screen, a big Z comes on there and hits his yeah. music. Oh, let's do it. Absolutely. Let's and then and it. then maybe maybe glass breaks just steal that, right? Everybody oh, loves you the got old glass break. Yeah. You don't want him to get hurt though, so maybe not real glass, but yeah. That's true. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. All right, well there you go. That's a little bit of a tease for the wrestling show. Jimmy and I will be dropping that for you later this week. We decided to come in ahead of SmackDown instead of ahead of Raw this week so you can look out for yeah, we know. Lots of stuff to discuss in the wrestling world. If you're a fan, you know Jimmy and I have lots of topics we'll be able to get in on that show. And uh, don't forget, a couple episodes back, if you haven't listened yet, if you know a friend who's way into the Beatles, tell them about the Morgan You Know's celebration of the Beatles that occurred a couple episodes back. That is an awful lot of fun. And don't forget, if you listen to Survivor, same day as this podcast, I think it's out right now. When you get done listening to this one, listen to Come On In, the Survivor recap, all there for you on the Morgan You Know podcast feed, which, by the way, on Spotify, you can leave me a five-star you can't leave any reviews on Spotify like you can on iTunes, but you can leave five stars. Isn't that right, Jim? Yeah, so you could be like, you hate this show so much, I'm giving it five. Or you love this show so much, I'm giving it five. Give us five either way. That would be great. Absolutely, it would. Jimmy, thank you for producing and uh, stepping in for Chris, and uh, hopefully he will be back next week. But uh, you, will, you will have to step in and have the, uh, the final word. Do you, do you know your lines? Will you be ready for this? <laughs> Goodbye, Internet. Brooks, Trigger Man. Brooks, toss it, Morant, drives, Morant, oh, it's good! One second left, John Morant with the bucket. And that's it. A gutty grizzly.